Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, with the leaf hat and downtown oh. Magneto on shirt are you? <laughs> Quite a mix, but yes, I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. We're in the third round now, Fred. Any regrets? <laughs> No regrets. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Uh, Again, I'd say us as fans, not as the the Raptors, obviously. Yeah, no no regrets. I mean, you know, I maybe believed in Svi a bit too much at the beginning (laughs) of the season. You did go hard. Yeah, you were hard on uh, going hard for Svi. Jesus. Um, Mr. Smee. Mr. Smee. I was going hard for Smee from Hook. Uh, he needs to be back, you know, like uh, the Bob Hoskins. Who's that? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, um, yeah that's him. <laughs> okay, this is a hot start. Um, well, uh, you know, yeah, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, we're not just riff maniacs. We are uh, hardcore Raptors fans and comedians and analysts and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of different types as are Raptors fans in general. Um, yeah, uh, we're on Raptors Republic here. Uh, Matty D, if people want to, you know, find us, subscribe, hit up our Patreon, you know, whatever, help us out. How are they going to do that? Uh, you know, as always, just check out our show notes. We've got our links there. You know, we've got the old Confederacy Dunks link tree that can send you everywhere you need to go, raptorsrepublic.com. But, Freddie, we didn't talk about this before because we forgot. We have such short memories. But we should talk a little bit about those hot political ads we were playing last week at the end of the that, episode. That's right. Um, well, uh, yeah, I feel I'll, I'll just jump right yeah. in. Yeah. If you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll know I'm not a supporter of uh, Doug Ford and uh, his political party uh, in any capacity. So, you know, we, we had some uh, some Doug Dougie ads slip in there. <laughs> I just moved to a, a writing where Michael Ford, his uh, nephew, I believe, is running and um I mean, yeah, he came to my door, let him have it. So uh, that's part of who I am. That's yeah. part of who my family is. Uh, guess what? I didn't even like Ford Sr., part of the Harris government. So I, I go yeah. deep on this. But, um, yeah, so just if, if you heard a Ford ad, I'm not a Ford guy. If you are a Ford guy that still listens to this podcast, thanks. I'm sure we could uh, talk it out. But um, yeah, And I'll just yeah. say to reiterate that uh, all political – Ads and elections are supposed to be blocked, but somehow the PCs, you know, they're a little bit slippery. They got a little bit of that, you know, 1960s playbook that they like to do. So they're sure, probably sure. marking it as like, you know, a baby formula ad or something, and it's sure. slipping through. So, yeah, what was that? Uh, what was that robocall uh, conservative scam like Jean Poutine or whatever? <laughs> they slip one of those in there, you know? There you go. We, we got robo tricked. Yeah. But, um, yeah, th- yeah. Uh, th- thanks for tuning in, Matt. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, but yeah, if uh, if if people want to, you know, follow us and uh, catch up on stuff, how are they going to do that? Oh yeah, just uh, you know, as I said, go to uh, RaptorsRepublic.com. That's probably your best spot. And uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, please like, please comment. We like the comments, and uh, yeah, write a review if you're on the old Apple Podcasts. Sick. Um, I will also say just before we get rolling here, 
there have been some developments on the, uh, you know, minor developments on the uh, Brittany Griner situation. Me and friend of the pod, Catherine Niker, cover it in uh, our most recent podcast. So make sure you check that out. Uh, uh, the pickup, a WNBA podcast. Uh, it's not fun to talk about, but we like to not ignore things for that reason. Uh, also want to just do a quick shout out to friend of the podcast, Ennis Esmer, who had me over for poker on, uh, on Saturday night. And, uh, I got to meet, you know, people I've listened to and, um, enjoyed for a long time. Alex Wong, Will Liu and, uh, Joe Wolfon as well. Shout out to Wesley Chang, who was uh, also there. Uh, I met him. He's a great guy. Plus some comedians. Uh, it, it was a blast. So, uh, shout out to those guys. It's nice to meet people you listen to for a long time and find out they're really nice. So, uh, I appreciate that, but, um, yeah, I just want to shout them out. And uh, I think, yeah, let's, let's get rolling here. Let's start talking Raptors ball. Uh, the first guy I'm going to bring on uh, is also someone I, I've listened to for years. And he, you know, he's been on the podcast before, but he's a great guy. I uh, respect his opinion. And I'm always so excited when he's on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure he's going to hit me with some gems today uh, from the Locked On Network, uh, Locked On Raptors. Uh, you know, check out everything he does. He's a, he's a, he's a great personality in, Ra- in the Raptors world. And um, yeah, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Sean Woodley. Hi! Hey! I'm very happy to be on the Confederacy of Doug podcast. It's very, very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's our new name, Confederacy of Doug. Um, What's up, dude? Thanks for doing the pod, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be back on. It's always good chatting ball with you guys. Hell yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, let's keep this train rolling and bring on guest number two. Uh, he's been on the podcast a couple times. Uh, I don't know if we're in no new friends territory. I don't think so. We'll keep bringing new people on. But um, he's an incredible basketball personality. He's a Raptors fan, but he's also a Mavs fan, which, you know, I think it's perfect time to bring him on because he's a... He's probably the only hardcore Mavs fan I know, and it's legit. Um, I, I met him through Alan Shane Lewis, uh, and he's uh, you know he rocks uh, below the hardwood, and uh, yeah, just a great personality as well, great basketball mind. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Ryan Henry. Love the intros, guys. I, every time I come on here, I'm just like I'm getting the intro, I'm getting the intro. Nobody <laughs> yeah, gives man. me an intro. I love it. It's great. It's great. Plus, you have some openly sourced music from Matty D. <laughs> no royalties. It's great. No royalties. No, we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe if we get there, that like we'll probably still do this. Uh, but um, yeah, let's let's dive right in and we'll start talk- talking some rappers ball. Uh, Matty, good sir. I don't know what kind of what kind of you know website stuff you going on, but uh, you have it going on, but. Give me your, your your most delicious Raptors sting. Breaking news like the Wu-Tang Clan. The Toronto Raptors ain't nothing to fuck with. I'm Anderson. <laughs> okay. That is great. That is new. I was not expecting that. <laughs> no. Um, the real Maddie D that we acknowledge over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the real Maddie D, okay? And I'm the real Jack. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Maddie D, I always got to shout out um, whatever weird website he found <laughs> that now uh, dominates all of the, the sound, uh, sound bites uh, or sound folio, whatever. I think that was Anderson Cooper. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't I think believe you got that one. I think he said his name at the end. He did. That's how I got it. Um, Cause it, I don't know. It sounded like a robot. They all sound like a robot. I don't know, man. Um, Matty D please uh, never, never stop doing what you're doing. It's weird and amazing. Um, okay. Let's, let's go here. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to ask you first. And uh, yeah, this is, um, it's sort of a convoluted question, so take it whatever way you want. But I've—I'm not the only person, but I feel like this this Raptor season we just witnessed it has these kind of like origin style vibes. Obviously, we have uh, you know Boucher, OG, Fred, and Siakam, and they were here when we won it all. 
but it also feels like, you know, a totally new era. Lots of young guys on the team. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we were the youngest team, although Masai made a joke that Thaddeus Young threw that off. But, um, you know, we're definitely one of the youngest teams. And, um, yeah, it just feels like a, the, the new era sort of thing. And I'm kind of getting vibes of, like, the, that, that season, the, the 2013-14 season when the Raptors, um, you know, made the Rudy Gay trade and kind of just, like, stormed the back half of the year. And we lost to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in seven. There's the Paul Pierce block. Kyle laid on the floor. Obviously, the you know the the, the the series against the Sixers was not you know we didn't get that close. But um, yeah, it feels like it's it's the beginning of something. So with that said, accepting that analogy, if you will. Um, what should fans expect for next year? Like what trajectory is this team on? Like, are we going to have a better regular season and get swept in the first round? Like, like that Raptors team, or is it, is it, is the incline faster? What's the deal? So I'm going to go ahead and say next year, we are going to be the new 2021, 2022 Memphis Grizzlies. We are I took my to answer. Be... Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, sorry. I just want to say you can see us go nuts. I got an see the parallels. On. The parallels <laughs> yeah. are there. We're gonna be we're gonna be fun. Our our number one guy. I don't know if he's gonna be the number one guy, but Scotty Barnes is bringing a new culture and just energy to this team. So we're gonna be fun. We're gonna be energetic. Uh, we're going to be making that huge leap that they just did this year. Uh, people are going to be scared of us in the playoffs. We're going to be that black horse going into the playoffs. Or sorry, the dark horse going into the playoffs. Um, we're going to flame out probably in the second round, but we're going to have we're going to beat we're going to beat the expectations uh, next year. We're going to have a full year with Scotty under his uh, a full year with um, Scotty Barnes under his belt. Um, you're going to have Fred who's going to come back, hopefully healthy. Um, the team is going to be good. And hopefully we get that big, that, that man in the middle that can really, really put this together. So I feel like everything is there for a Memphis Grizzlies. You're going to see them dancing. You're going to see them having fun. Maybe we get a whoop that trick anthem some, somehow. I don't know. I'm, I wanted a new anthem maybe Drake or somebody could do something. I don't even care. It could be Bieber, could be whoever, but I, I just see a lot of Memphis Grizzlies in 2021 Memphis Grizzlies in the next year Raptors. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I feel like I got to go to Sean quickly here uh, <laughs> just because, you know, having the same answer is hilarious and, you know, shows where we're in the same track. Uh, I'll just say, um, you know, uh, that, that, that Juno's performance by Mustafa was incredible. So maybe Mustafa stay alive, uh, could be a good anthem, but, uh, or, or maybe he makes something specifically, but, um, yeah, I, I like the Memphis comparison. I think that, uh, you know, we've seen Masai man, even way back to, you know, his first GM, uh, you know, first go at GM in, in Denver. Like he, this guy knows how to like load the chest with assets, develop and win at the same time. And, you know, we did see that he was able to also like finesse at the end and, and make like a, I mean, not a super team, but like an incredible team that was very worthy of the championship that they won. Um, yeah, Sean, you know, or yeah, your, your answer is also the Grizzlies. Um, I'm sorry, Ryan stole your, your thunder, okay. but also I have a backup now it's all okay. good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, for me, if I'm going to, I'll pull a Raptors comparison and I'll dial all the way back to 2000, 2001, hmm. the year where they go to the second round, they lose in seven to the Sixers. Vince becomes like an international sensation in his third season. Scotty's only going to be in his second year, but I could see a similar sort of thing where Scotty becomes like a darling and, you know, gets like a hilarious number of all-star votes because Canada stuffs the ballot, uh, you know, becomes, you know, it's a little bit different team dynamic. It'll be a slightly less arthritic version of the Raptors, I would say, considering that team had 40-year-old Charles Oakley (laughs) and like 47-year-old Kevin Willis and 39-year-old Antonio Davis. It goes on and on, but 
Yeah, I, I think like similar sort of vibes, except it's not going to crater and be sad afterwards. I think it's going to kind of be the beginning as as if the Vince Carter era went the way it was supposed to go, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good one. It's not a perfect one. You know, the Raptors obviously way younger now than they were back then. But with mm-hmm. Scott, he kind of has this sort of central star that everyone loves. You know, he's not going to throw down dunks like Vince Carter, but he might throw a no look pass near a Frenchman. And that would be really cool, too. Uh, and so yeah, near yeah, a Frenchman. <laughs> watch out, Rudy Gobert. It's uh, it is a watch your head top. But uh, yeah, 2000, 2001 Raptors. I'll go with that comparison. I love it. These are some pretty cool answers. Uh, thanks for, for taking my weird question and going with it. Um, yeah, I actually don't have, uh, like, like my answer is sort of, I feel like we're, we're heading into some kind of combination. Like, I think we're going to have more success in the first round. Like, I don't think we're going to, you know, have an improved record and then just like collapse in the first round sort of thing. Uh, and, and I don't want to be just optimistic, but I feel like based on what happened this year, there will be, even if, even if the front office admits it or not, that I think there will be a more concerted effort to, to boost the bench and not necessarily rest Fred, but put him in a situation where hopefully, you know, there's more scoring and we can, you know, have a, a blowout every once in a while where, you know, it's not like we're giving him games off, but he's just not leading the league in minutes sort of thing. I also feel like there's, uh, you know, I'm just feeling that, that, that time in Raptors history when, you know, uh, DeMar got an all-star and then uh, I think was injured the next year and and Kyle got an all-star. And then there's that third year where they were both all-stars. I'm feeling that for Pascal and Fred. I think they're both going to be all-stars at the same time. I think the Raptors are going to be a, you know, uh, like a home court team, you know, maybe not, probably not first or second, but uh, I think maybe third or fourth, but with some separation on fifth and sixth. And uh, I think Scotty is in in this perfect situation where um, I think he just already is a star, but I feel like he's going to blend into the team perfectly. Like, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be our leader, or best player next year. But I do think he's going to be, you know, like as Sean said, like a, a total darling. Um, you know, he might, he might usurp OG pretty quickly. Who knows? Uh, you know, obviously I think when, when a player has a big rookie season, sometimes fans expect the trajectory to be straight up. So I'm, I'm leaving some space for that not to happen, but I, I do think that, you know, Scotty is, everyone should be excited and I'm not trying to tamper that down at all. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm 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 expecting big things. Let's uh let's stick with you, Sean. And um, yeah. question number two is uh where was I here? Um, yes. So uh, what players? You know, personal development. And uh, if you can't already tell, I'm sort of not expecting a flashy uh, off season. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying to gear the conversation towards development because obviously, you, you know, you, you hear the Rudy Gobert stuff. Now it's Deandre Ayton. I know Ryan, I know we want a big or whatever, but I, I just feel like I've seen Masai and Bobby operate for too long. They, they've, they've found something that's good and they're just going to keep cooking it. They're going to marinate it. And, you know, I expect moves sort of like on the periphery here and it'll be stuff like Thaddeus Young and we'll be like, what's that? Oh, really great. I see. Um, uh, or, oh, wow, sh- Champagne developed. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of what the Raptors are right now. But, uh, yeah, w- w- with that said, you know, what, uh, Sean, piece of like what player do you think is going to affect our win loss record the most um, with their development, and and what skill or skills will they develop? Yeah, it's a good question because like I think you could definitely just say Scotty, and that's sort of your chalk answer. Like if he just yep. gets a little bit better at everything, then oh god, he's an all star. And totally. like I do think the sort of shape of the team next season is going to be sort of Siakam and Barnes are the dueling heads of the snake. And then everyone mm-hmm. else just kind of catches the threes that they create because they're amazing. Um, and so I actually disagree with, with your Fred all-star take. I think it's more likely Scotty is an all-star in year two Ooh. than Fred is next season. I think 
Oh my God. For Fred's like for for his well being, I think it's like you got to trim him down to like thirty three minutes a game and just have him work right. off ball as much as he can. Um, but Scotty's a boring answer. I'll say the answer to your big man prayers is Precious Achua, and I think his development at the stuff that centers do is so so important for next season. Like he mm-hmm. on offense, I think can kind of fill in that role a little bit, right? Like he's a good pick and pop guy and he's, you know, he got to the point where Joel Embiid was scared of him hitting threes to the point that he was blowing by him and dunking out his head uh, in the playoffs. He is a, I think an improving role man as well, which, you know, the early in the season, think of the number of like duffed lobs that there were between Fred and precious and how that kind of figured itself out as the season went along. And I just think, his defense is so hilariously good. And whenever he's on, like he's guarding guards, he's guarding bigs. He is protecting the rim with like the best in the NBA. I think he can do the things you need from a center on the defensive end in particular. And really the two things that he kind of has to figure out on offense are a, I think he has to prove the shooting is real. Like he was like 39% after the all-star break and like four attempts a game, which is great. But you know, he was like 32, 33 in the playoffs and you know, who, who knows how real that is in the back part right. of the season. Uh, but like number one is like just screening like it's it's a small thing. But like for the first half of the season, I don't think he made contact on a single screen and there's just no space being created there. But if he becomes a better, more sort of sound, fundamental screener, takes a little bit out of Ken Birch's book of how to do illegal screens legally uh, and, you know, sort of, you know, carry on the grand tradition of Serge Ibaka in that in that regard. I think he is the guy that you start at center. You let Gary Trent Jr. live out his destiny as the sixth man he was always born to be, and you roll with the starting five of Fred, OG, Siakam, Barnes, and Achua, and give up no points. Then you'll average 80 points allowed per game or something like that. (laughs) I was looking at the lineup data for that lineup, like the Fred plus the four long dudes lineup, and it's hilarious. It's like both sides of the moon in terms of heat uh, because <laughs> on offense, they were like in the second percentile in the entire NBA in offensive efficiency, but they were in the 100th percentile of defense. And if Precious just becomes a little bit better at sort of greasing the wheels of the offense with the screening, with the shooting, with this short roll passing, stuff like that, like that is huge and makes it so okay yeah maybe you get a big seven footer for like insurance against some matchups but against most teams pressures Achua is going to be more than fine and he's not only gonna be able to guard the other team's center but he can also switch out and guard the other team's point guard too if he wants to i am like insanely high on precious i think he's going to be like all defense level next season i think he's that good um and if he can just refine things a little bit on offense and sort of add to the already sort of hilarious wing skills he has that to me is your answer at center. Precious Achua is your starting five. Yeah, you go small, but you're enormous across every other position. And I think you roll with that just fine. And you're looking at a team that can go and be this year's Grizzlies where they kind of go and surprise and win a ton of games more than you might have expected. Yeah, um, I agree on all points. Uh, I'm also super high on Precious. Um, you know, as soon as we, we made that trade, uh, you know, I, I, I said a million times that, you know, Dragic had barely anything to do with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Masai wanted his guy. That's, uh, you know, I, I still think that, you know, not trading Kyle that season is, is one of the most elite non moves that uh, no one talks about. Uh, it's it just Masai's patience. You don't want Taylor Horton Tucker? What? Come on. Uh. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, you know, obviously there's the maxi rumors and it's like, okay, well, he's pretty good, but. That was also um, never happening, man. Like the, that was right. All the reports are they would like Maxi. The Sixers aren't giving him up. Like totally, never ever. The people who were like, "Oh, Raptors fans are morons." They thought Maxi was not like the the return for for Lowry that they needed. Like, no, that, that sure they would have. It just was never a thing that was happening. So what are we even talking about here? Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like you know, especially seeing Maxi be that good that quickly. It's like I have a feeling that the Sixers front office knew that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, to, to, to that end too, I feel like, you know, I, I've seen some Twitter action about like, oh man, Miami, like they didn't know what they had with Precious. And it's like, I think maybe they did. And I feel like they really, really wanted Kyle uh, for good reason. 
and um, there was sort of that tug of war between Riley and Masai. Like, can you imagine those two negotiating? Like, it's <laughs> it's probably. I mean, it's probably yeah. Like, I don't know, rings on the table, and Masai's like, whatever. Like, I I don't care about your rings. I don't know. It's less um, intimidating when you think about it being Masai uh, negotiating with Adrian Brody, but your point is taken. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I've been watching a lot of Winning Time as well, and I feel like that's why. Uh, uh, that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm unsure. I, I'm not saying that Scotty, uh, is, isn't going to be an all-star next year. And I think that's a very, very good point. And like Fred is this like diminished role, you know, the point you made not diminished role, but like sort of like, yeah, it, it Scotty rising up. I, I just really think that, that Scotty is going to integrate himself like into the team in, in a way that is so perfect. And like, he might not even have the big stats boost people are looking at, but he might just be, you know, more aware on defense, a little bit better at the corner three. Like I see Scotty rounding the edges pretty quickly, but um, you know, to, to your precious point, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't know who floated it on Twitter, but uh, yeah, all four teams that are left uh, competing for the championship aren't playing a traditional center. And I yeah. just, don't think that's oh, any type. Gosh. I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Like they don't yeah. need to, uh, the speed of the game, you know, doesn't really, you know, need it as well. And yeah, I mean, look at like, look, like when people said Draymond, uh, you know, change that position forever, they were right. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, in the off season guys like precious and, and, you know, even Siakam and Barnes said, you know, they're going to be watching tape of, of, of what, what Draymond does to blow up a play, uh, how to switch a pick and roll and how to just cause, you know, nightmares for teams uh, on defense. So yeah, your precious points are, are well taken. I'm all the way in on precious. Uh, you know, I, yeah, but I was going to say ever since I saw, or you, we made that trade. I watched some Nigeria highlights and he was like amazing. He was doing everything. He's bringing up the ball, hitting threes. He was doing sort of what we saw uh, blossom late in the season and I think he was just kind of overburdened, um, you know, at the beginning of the season without Siakam, uh, yeah. which I think is important. Utah but, got all the offseason PR for his uh, Olympic escapades where Precious deserved just as much. It needs to be said. <laughs> yes. Uh, agreed. Um, okay. Uh, Ryan, uh, who, who's your, who's your one player that's going to push the wins losses the most for the Raptors uh, and, and, you know, with, with some strong development and what, uh, what exactly are they going to develop? I also was like easy. First thing that came to my mind was Scotty, but you know yep. what? He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to have a great sophomore year, but it's not him. My answer is a little weird. Cause he's a vet. It, it's Fred. And it's not in the numbers issue. I kind of like what Sean was saying, like trim him down a couple minutes, but I feel like he needs to come into his Chris Paul, Steve Nash mentality for the team next year. So I know he says in his, uh, uh, I guess the end uh, end interviews that, you know, 20 and seven isn't going to do it anymore. Like his numbers aren't going to do it anymore. And it's true. He got paid. Um, he is the leader of the team. Um, so he needs to come up and really take over this role that Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry left for him to take. So, I don't, again, think that he needs to by any means be like a a 20 and 10 guy. It would be awesome if he is. Uh, But I feel like he needs to be the guy um, that will set up his teammates throughout the game in the first three quarters. Make sure that they're in the right spots. Control the game. Control the pace. Control the tempo. And and really in the fourth quarters when I want to see him start to be aggressive with his, with his jumper, kind of like Chris Paul, right? You see Chris Paul in the first three quarters, you know, he's making everyone, making sure everyone's uh, in the right spots, getting Devin Booker set up, getting these guys uh, like to look good, getting them paid. Uh, Sorry, Deandre Ayton, but maybe that works out for us. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But you know, just to get his team to the win and then fourth quarter time, it's cp3 time right this guy goes 14 for 14 for a game and all the damage is done in the fourth quarter when he closes it out so i feel like fred's mentality um really really actually accepting that kyle lowry role that i feel like he still can grow into and take uh control of that game i feel like we're gonna see that from him and i feel like he knows that just listening to him talk in that interview he knows he's not 
there yet. And sometimes, you know, seeing him take these three point shots late in games where it's just like, you're just jacking the shots up now. Like, come on, I need you to, to really like, you know, be precise, be lethal, be smart about that. And I feel like mentally we're going to see the growth uh, in Fred. That's going to add up to these wins. Uh, We're probably going to be a good fourth quarter team. And that's what I really see. Um, I can honestly see him maybe working a two man game with precious you know, that maybe they become a good pick and roll duo. If, if uh, this summer uh, or even in, in the, in the training camps, I'm working with precious. I'm working with Scotty to, to get something that's lethal. You know what I mean? Like the best, the best one, two duos always have even Dwight Powell. Oh my God. I'm going to get to that later, but him and Luca, that <laughs> pick and roll, not a traditional center, right? But that pick and roll when it works, at least is it's lethal. Like it, it works. So, I, I feel like Kyle really, so not Kyle, but Fred really needs to to take that with this team. And, and you got a whole bunch of athletic guys that can do that. So Fred, Fred is that, that guy for me. I like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was probably too high on, on Fred's stats in terms of assists. Like I was just looking at it. He, he finished with 6.7 assists. And I just felt that last year, I mean, I, I just, obviously I was excited for Scotty. Um, I, I, I never was down on Pascal, but I didn't really think it would be such a shared kind of like offense in the way that it was. And, you know, I, I sort of thought that Fred had a chance at like some super high assist numbers, like nine assists a game sort of thing. And, you know, who knows, maybe that's coming. I, I, I do feel like with Scotty and Pascal, there's so much shared playmaking that maybe not, but yeah, maybe he just sort of like focuses on the margins there. Uh, you know, we'll get to this, but like as, as Pat Bev would say, maybe he sort of finesses the game more. Uh, and, you know, like, I mean, sometimes like there's weird glimpses with Fred, right? Uh, I feel like I've seen him play against the Hawks and he, he gets frustrated that Trey is like doing these like stupid plays to get calls 40 footers. But yep. then he starts to do what, what, what he's kind of like, Hey, Trey, I can do that too. But I, I choose not to uh, like ethical I mean, like, basketball, baby. We love it. <laughs> we love it. We love it. But what if he did, what if he's a little less ethical? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, take some of that. Cause you know, Kyle would do some stuff that, uh, you know, no sacrilege here, but like, wasn't always ethical. Um, and oh, the grift king, man. <laughs> the I, grift I, I king. Adore like, him. <laughs> the heat misses grift so much. It's yeah. unbelievable. They, they do. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I could see Fred just basically like, you know, sinking his teeth even more into that leadership stuff. Like, you know, for, I'm not a big college guy, but because of Fred, I'm, you know, well aware of the, you know, what he did in Wichita and, and yeah, he, he doesn't need the glory, you know, which then kind of goes back to Sean's original thing where he might not be like, Hey, I want to be all-star. He might just be like, I want to be, you know, the leader of a, a 50 win team. You know what I mean? Uh, so my, my answer to this question is, uh, is actually OG, uh, and not in the sense where it's like, I feel like, you know, with all the MIP conversation with OG, there was a statistical jump that people were expecting. And, and I'm not really necessarily expecting that. I just think that he's going to continue to diversify his game. He's going to continue to work on his dribble. Uh, hopefully he'll be on the floor more than 48 games. Uh, I do think, you know, he's not like necessarily injury prone, but he's kind of like on the unlucky side. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like OG is more than like a, you know, a Bridges style, like tertiary scorer guy. Like I feel like he is not necessarily an all-star, but like, I, I feel like he's, he's just an incredible player who's going to find more and more of a way to, even the way he shoots threes, like he's a good spot up shooter. I think, you know, all it could take is him adding like a dribble into the shot and, you know, just like little things here and there, like we're already seeing it. Like at the beginning of the year when, when Pascal wasn't there, I feel like we saw a lot of, you know, ISO play from OG and, and that sort of thing. So I just, I see him integrating himself more into, you know, the starting lineup. Like when everyone's healthy, everyone's clicking, he's still going to be able to like make a, a massive imprint in the game that isn't just defensive, you know, cause I think that 
we all know how good and special OG is defensively. But um, yeah, I, 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 that's maybe vague answer as far as like skill. So I'll, I'll say dribbling. I just feel like he's going to get even better at dribbling, uh, which, you know, unlocks a lot. Uh, always so. helpful. Always helpful to dribble more good. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, and I mean, also there's like, I remember when Marcus Gasol first came to the Raptors, there was this like immediate contagious thing of like everyone being like, Oh, passing is like super fun. So, <laughs> you know, maybe OG's like, Hey, if Scotty's doing no looks all over the place, so am I. And like, just stuff like that, like that kind of contagiousness. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into some NBA talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Uh, I know you're there. Uh, still wearing your uh, leaf hat. Uh, bless the boys in blue. No, that's not. What <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah, Doug Ford propaganda. What is going on here? <laughs> I know. As soon as I said, it, I was like, huh. Um, well, I'm clearly a bandwagon fan, right? Uh, okay. I love those Blue Jays. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get going with some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, give me your, your, your weirdest tinny sounding robot uh, <laughs> NBA sting. Okay. This, this is Adam Silver. Okay. You keep me on my toes, buddy. <laughs> I was like, what's next? You know, yeah, this is this a Chris Cuomo thing. Um, okay, uh, Maddie, you're you're in the house here. All right. Um, I mean, you know, this uh, we usually don't comment on first take uh, on this pod. Uh, it's not it's not, you know, that's not our lane. But uh, I mean, like, I don't know. It was fun and insane. And Pat Bev. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not really a Pat Bev fan. Like, I don't like dirty plays. I wasn't like, yay, when he pushed Chris Paul in the back um, or injured Westbrook. But I do like entertainment. Uh, and, and I mean, one of my favorite basketball moments of all time is when, um, yeah, LeVar and uh, like when LeVar was, you know, at his peak and he was just being insane every day. So. Uh, yeah, Pat Bev goes on first take and just like slander central. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's like when you're hanging out with a friend and the, it's like accountability is like not a part of the conversation. And they're, they're just, there's like this stone face where like they're, they're saying stuff and they're so confident that like, it's funny, but like you, you don't know how to navigate. Like if, if Pat Bev came on and was like, I'm taller than Kareem. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, uh, like, like, like LeBron can't dunk. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, I'm a better shooter than Steph. I wouldn't be surprised because he, he's a type of person who, you know, there's some truth to some of the things he's saying, but just uh, the outright confidence is, uh, <laughs> is it was wild. You know, it was, it was, it was petty. It was fun. It was, uh, it was a good time. Um, so with that said, uh, I want you guys to all imagine that. You were on a uh, first take or first take of sorts and you got to go on there and just say a bunch of stuff that didn't, you know, you weren't necessarily going to be held to like, this is about the ratings. Let's, uh, let's start with you, Ryan. Um, yeah. What are you going on? Who are you talking about? What are you saying? Well, <clears throat> recency bias and my uh, state as a Mavs fan I'm not going to trash CP3's game, but I'm going to trash the mentality of Devin Booker and CP3 because these guys, sorry, it's more the Suns fans. Um, Wait, you're just doing the Pat Bev thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing the Pat Bev thing. The Pat Bev thing was dirty. He, he made it sound like CP3 is not a Hall of Fame point guard, not this guy, not, I'm not doing that. 
And also my it issue sound like he didn't just get eliminated in the first round himself, but right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. You can't talk when you're behind. But like Luka Doncic says, you can't talk when you're up. My guy unlocked his Michael Jordan badge uh, in this series, and he said. Hey, everyone want to talk when you're up. So all week I'd be on first take talking about how Devin Booker and Chris Paul talked the most crap to Luca and the Mavs. Even in game one, I think it was a layup that Jalen Brunson went for against Devin Booker. We all know Jalen Brunson is not of height, but he felt the <laughs> need to, for some reason to, to tell him, get the, bleep out of here and he was talking trash in the first two minutes of the game all series long Suns fans on Twitter the Suns players just talking down to the Mavs just like like they didn't deserve to be there and it was just sweet sweet victory to get that game seven and just absolutely put them in their place like I lost I was yelling at my TV non-stop all game i couldn't believe what i was seeing and i was just like they deserve every little bit of this they oh my god the 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 just the comments and the parallels i that that's my word this year because the 2011 team is the 2021 2022 maths just everything that's happened it's like you got lebron and d wade mocking dirk in 2011 Mm -hmm. for the for the flu game and then what does Devin Booker and Chris Paul do? They go in their post-game interview, and when the, the reporter's just asking them a question, hey, uh, what do you think about Luca? Like, how do you stop him? They're looking at each other like, oh, oh, we, we got this. Luke, what, who the hell is Luca? What is this? And I'm just like, you know what? No, 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 no. <laughs> and the pettiness in the game when Luca's just trying to get the ball to the ref and Devin has to knock it out of his hands, and he's you just see it in Luca's face. It's just like, okay. Okay, I got you. The Michael Jordan with the bat in the locker room with the cigar in his mouth, kind of like Walking Dead. I can't remember the guy's name, the guy famous for with the bat, but that's that's what Luca did to them. And it was absolutely beautiful. Just petty smiles after dagger three, after dagger three, after dagger three. And I would just be slandering that mentality that Devin Booker thinks he has because he thinks he's the second coming of Kobe Bryant, which he's clearly not. So Suns, Suns fans, <laughs> the Suns players, enjoy Kanku. Uh, I love it. Okay. You, 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 uh, you, you, you took it right at Devin Booker. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I will say I, I was probably, I don't know, I guess too high in the Suns. I thought it was kind of cool that, their first time in the playoffs last year that uh, Booker and Aiden made the finals. I thought that was sort of special, but um, yeah, I guess they, they were talking shit and uh, didn't go well for them. And um, yeah, for Mavs fans, this is a, it's a good time for Luca fans. This is a good time. Don't respect the Raptor. Don't disrespect the Raptor. Yeah. You know, you know that's what? That's the biggest no lesson here. That's what Luca did it for. <laughs> you know what? I was a Luka little suspect for. of the take of the, the anti-sun slander here, but now I'm on board. I forgot about that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's totally justified and karma is a bitch. Right? <laughs> no, you know, and even, even, if you, even if you mess with stripes, that's not okay either. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no. um, yeah. G League right. players be warned. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in the G League? <laughs> are you thinking about messing with stripes? Don't. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Sean, you, you, it's it's your turn for slander. You're on a first take of sorts. Who are you going off on, you know, without accountability? Look, man, I more than anyone, I'm upset that we live in a world where the Boston Celtics are good, where they're probably <laughs> going to win the fucking title. Uh, it, it sucks. It's a nightmare. It really, really makes it's really spoiled my entire playoff watching experience. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. Like to know I was excited about that Bucks Celtics series because I thought for sure Giannis was going to pull it out. Me too. Didn't happen, and now we're in a world where Jason Tatum is getting all of the love that Luka Doncic is getting, even though he's clearly less good. But um, I would go on first take and just do Jason Tatum slander. 
Talk about how he, uh, you know, has keep, keeps on crumbling in the playoffs and conference finals and home games where he's got a chance to close out against inferior teams. Talk about how Pascal Siakam is better, actually. Talk about how, uh, you know, he's Kobe poisoned and has uh, like a, a terrible shot selection and all this stuff. He's going to be in our lives for the next like 13, 15 years. I don't know how long until he's like 19 right now. It's never going away. I hate it. It's miserable. So I need the outlet to just say things that are perhaps wrong about how bad Jason Tatum actually is a basketball. It's miserable. And it sucks too, because like if this Celtics team was in any other Jersey, I'd be like, man, that team's cool as hell. Yeah. That guy rocks. That guy rocks. Marcus smarts. Cool. But they are the Celtics. And so they can fuck off. And I will not, <laughs> I hope I can swear on the pod. There was a, 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 a swear and a sting. So I'm assuming our, Oh yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. I, the, the Celtics, I would go on first take every single day just to say slander about them because they need to be knocked down a peg. They're the Celtics. They don't deserve to, good things to happen to them. Brad Stevens is getting all these plaudits as a good executive for trading for the corpse of Al Horford and having it work out. No, thank you. I, th- th- we're going on first take, and we're just slandering. It's first Tatum. I don't know. We're, that was bad. But, yeah, Jason no, Tatum's I- getting all of the shots because he's going to be in our lives and undeniably awesome at basketball for the rest of time, it seems, until the heat of the earth uh, becomes too much to bear. Uh, So we got to do it while we can. (laughs) I love how you you brought in like uh, a climate change element at the end there. Yeah, Um, yeah. it it brings me the same existential dread as climate change to to know that the the, the Celtics have figured their shit out. You know how great it was four months ago when they were melting down and it seemed like, oh, they're going to trade Jalen Brown. Everyone's going to get fired. Tatum's going to ask out. And then they learn how to play defense (laughs) and Ime Udoka becomes an amazing coach and Jason Tatum figures it out. (laughs) It sucks. It's a nightmare. And I don't want to watch the Eastern Conference Finals as a result. Uh, I want to see. I want to see first Tatum uh, with you. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like you know this could be almost like a fringe play too. Like you could just go off. I mean, uh, we all Malik Monk stuff. with good PR. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. I I, I feel like uh, I'm gonna have a. Well, that was kind of my answer. So I'm gonna. I'm I'm, I'm going through a backup right now because uh, Marcus Smart as defensive player of the year piss me off. Also, just um, a wrong decision. But we don't. This is not first Tatum. You t- yes. t- carry on, Freddie. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're 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 welcome. All the Celtics <laughs> hate is always welcome here. Um, Maddie, what's your what's your first take vibe? Who are you going after? What are you saying? Oh, I'm so glad this guy wasn't picked. I'm a little shocked. And, you know, I would have let him go. You know, from the start of the season, we were all mad at him. And I thought, you know, he's on his new team and everything, and it was just going to go away. But then the Raptors lost in six, and he had to tweet some funny emoji faces. And that's Goran Dragic. I'm going on first take. And we're going to talk about Dragic a little bit. We're going to talk about how you think Cuban is going to write you a check next year and add you to Doncic? You think you're the piece at 36? You know, you think uh, you couldn't have learned something staying with the team, staying with a, a rookie of the year? You couldn't have given him a little bit more leadership than five games? Come on, Dragic. And then you do those emojis. <laughs> The emojis got you, eh? The emojis. After getting swept himself. After getting swept himself. (laughs) Joining this weird. This isn't slander. It's just facts. (laughs) That's just reporting real news. Why did he think that was a good idea? You're describing Sports Center, Maddie D. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's true. I guess uh, it's it's well earned slander. Everyone's going to agree with me, and uh, it'll be a very short segment. But um, yeah, I do think, you know, he's. We all know how it started with, you know, the reports that were coming out and then how it ended is with, you know, us after us being eliminated. And I just think I was just shocked. And I know we talked about it on our Raptors Republic roundtable. A lot of people said, you know, Dragic was the most disappointing. But I just think you're a vet. You're a veteran player. You've played on great teams. And, you know there's just a better way to present yourself, especially when, you know, you are looking for a job next year and you got to prove something. What are you bringing as a vet? If you, you know, kind of give up pretty easy. So I'd be, I'd be talking about dragage. 
Nice. Take that. <laughs> take that Goran Dragic. Uh, you know, take that Zoran Dragic, his brother. You know, <laughs> hey, he doesn't hey, deserve he did nothing wrong. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did nothing wrong at all. Slovenian but... national team legend. All right, leave him alone. <laughs> I just—that's yeah. just me proving to myself that I remember his name. <laughs> um, that's really all that is. Uh, well, mine, you know, probably would have been Celtics, uh, and, and you know, I think similar to Sean. Uh, because I, I just can't be very accountable with this. It's just like a feeling, but I always like, I, I, I like friend friendly style leadership. I don't like tough guy style leadership. And uh, I've always been bothered by Jimmy Butler. So I'd go off on Jimmy Butler. Who's like the NBA cool guy, but I mean, cool guys are bullies a lot of the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not necessarily nice, but Jimmy's also been undeniable. So that's why, you know, this is a slander segment. He's been incredible. Uh, and, you know, he showed up uh, when you're supposed to in the finals. But, you know, uh, he had the help of Goran Dragic, surprisingly, to get there. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd go off on Jimmy just a little bit. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the, you know, the Miami kind of like whatever happened there with Spo and Haslam and Haslam saying like, you know, Rachel Doris, save your career. Uh, oh, sorry, Rachel Torres. Oh God. Um, who 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 is who did Jimmy get to interview him in that like theatrical Minnesota thing? Oh God, Doris Burke. Might have been Doris Burke. Was it Doris? Yeah, I, I think uh, it was Doris Burke. Sad, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, he did the whole thing. He went into practice and like yelled at a bunch of young guys and was like, "I'm a real winner," and I just like I'm an intimidating guy, I guess. So you know, that's that's my unaccountable slander because I I know the reality is that Jimmy's uh, friggin' awesome. So we got to get Jimmy Butler canceled for workplace misconduct. Let's <laughs> right. <go>. See, <laughs> you know what I mean. And you know, I'm holding on to maybe just a little bit of like. Like, you know, him being best friends with Kyle. And it's like, hey, Fred's best friends with Kyle. So, you know, <laughs> there's some of that there, too. But um, uh, I also love Spo and I don't know. The Heat are cool, too. But, uh, yeah, cool guys, I don't know. I don't know about cool guys. Uh, maybe that's just the, the angry nerd in me talking. But, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I've revealed myself too much. Let's move on to the, uh, <laughs> the last segment here. Um, uh, I'll go with you for Sean. And uh, yeah, we'll just do kind of like a quick touch on of the four remaining teams, the uh, the Heat, the Mavericks, uh, the Celtics and um, and the Warriors. Uh, you know, what's the most compelling narrative for you? Got to say, it's pretty grim Final Four. Uh, I don't like any of these teams very much and uh, I don't really root for them to have any success. I, I think it has to be the Warriors considering they're like the old heads who are. Mm-hmm like trying to win it again without KD proving that like they, they were still obviously a dynastic team without him. Um, so I, I think it's probably them. I think they're going to get destroyed by Luca and uh, it's going to be a bloodbath, but um, mm. like I, I'm, I think I'm rooting for the warriors to pull it off because I always like it when the sort of old heads are kind of back for one last try. It's documentary stuff. Frankly, I want to yeah, watch the, the last dance warriors version in 15 years. And I think, them getting it done, taking down Luca, and then taking down whatever godforsaken team comes out of the East. Like that to me is a pretty compelling arc for the Warriors, even if I don't necessarily think they're going to make it past Luka Doncic. Uh, great answer. And and I think compelling is the key word because I, I, I'm with you. I, I know, Ryan, you love the Mavs, but like, you know, I'm not rooting for any particular team. Warriors, yeah, it's a, it's a fun story. You know, I think. Uh, People wondered what they could do post Durant and they've kind of like doubled down on this good feeling stuff. They got pool and Kaminga and I don't know. There's uh, the warriors are, are kind of like organic uh, somehow again. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. And yeah, so it's, it's full documentary, uh, full sports documentary stuff. Uh, Ryan, who's your, I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm setting you up here. If it's if you're like, you know what, not the Mavs. That that the would be a, Celtics. Yeah, that'd be a fun. Deal. <laughs> Watching them lose would be very compelling. It's fair, right? <laughs> um, honestly, I'll say I'll explain this without being a homer because I I honestly sometimes I just hate picking my own team, but I'm looking at the four narratives. It's like the Warriors is cool. The dynasty is back, right? Yep. You got the three guys, Clay, Dre, and Steph. Um, doing it without KD because a lot of the hate that they get is, oh, they couldn't beat the Cavs those two times without Kevin Durant. They couldn't beat them with the super team. So the fact that they're back and they're doing it 
with the original core again without another fourth person that that's kind of a cool narrative so cool the dynasty's back you look at the heat what narrative is there really it's i guess redemption trying hard (laughs) trying to go back to the finals trying to go back to the finals i guess kyle lowry getting the second ring i you could rub that in people's face that that may cement his hall of fame status if he gets that second one because a lot of people don't want to put him in there yet um spose coaches uh spose greatness as a coach um i'm not really into that uh and then the celtics you got the fact that they were dead in the winter like they were written off and then mm-hmm. they just pulled this amazing run to get at, to the top of the east at one point um and then tatum's rise to you know superstar and uh, unfortunately we hate it but it's it's truth but then you get to the mavs and i don't think i'm being a homer it's just like there's just so much parallels to 2011 it's like it's beautiful. Like the way that game seven ended Dirk's in the crowd, the same guy that had to lead a bunch of role players to a championship. Luca's doing the same thing. You look at the, the four teams, the Mavs roster is the worst of all four of them. Like the Mavs do not have a guy that is consistently number two. It could be Dinwiddie. It could be Brunson. It could be freaking Maxi Kleba hitting four threes out of nowhere. It's like, the Mavs roster is similar to 2011 where it's like one single star and then a bunch of savvy, not even savvy, just decent role players where if they do their job, they can do amazing things. And then you just have the turmoil of that. I don't know how freaking you guys go on Mavs Twitter, but we, ha- we went to war with Mark Cuban this year for the decisions he's made. You have Jason Kidd, the stuff that he did in the past that just made this whole hiring like, the worst. And then now everyone's coming around. It's like, okay, well, if we're looking at basketball, yeah, he's, he's, he's that coach. Um, the, just the, the fighting with Mark Cuban back and forth, Luka Doncic's is rival as a top three player. People can fight me on it, but right now he's looking like that guy. It's just, there's just so much with the Mavs just from, from beefing with the owner, the parallels to Luca and Dirk, Luca's arrival. I just think it's it's thirty for thirty stuff. It's it's emulating just like what you want in in seeing somebody just overcome. So I think there's just a lot to to the Mavs and the fact that nobody thought we would even be here. So what a homer! Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> homer. Is that you, Maddie? <laughs> Sneaky. I'm, I'm a homer. I am a homer. Ryan. That was going to be my backup choice. So the (laughs) the Mavs were my second option. I I think it's cool that like Luca to me, I know this is probably a comparison you don't want to hear Ryan, but uh, it Mm kind of reminds me of like 06, 07 Cleveland where LeBron just like destroyed everybody and was like, hi, I'm LeBron. I'm here now. Your lives are going to suck for the next 15 years. Uh, and then, like, you know, you got your Maxi Kleba as the Danielle Marshall. You got Ira Nubel as the Jalen Brunson. I don't know. I'm just naming players from the roster. I pulled it up. Don't worry. I don't have Ira yeah. Nubel pulls up <laughs> the head. I'm not that stiff. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's, like, a pretty compelling thing. Like, oh, yeah, no, Luca just might own the league now. And that is, uh, you know, sucks for everybody else and sucks for people who want Mark Cuban to be sad. Me. But uh, oh, I do, too. I do, very too. Compelling. There you go. <laughs> I do, too. Cuban, as much as much as I'm a Mavs fan, sometimes I like to say that the front office can go. I'm I'm with the players. I've been a dirt guy. I've been a Nash guy, a kid guy. Well, for the most part, basketball wise, the franchise front office, nasty stuff. But the players have always been good to me. So we'll stick with that. Thank God they got rid of Porzingis. Otherwise, they would be truly loathsome. But now yeah. they've got a little bit less of that yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, I, I agree. It's kind of like hard to marry those things sometimes. But yeah, on, on court, uh, I mean, I think the Mavs and the Warriors like are the answer here. Uh, I'll just uh, you know wrap it up, but I'll say that um, just to, just to pick a different team. And I know me and uh, and Sean were going off on the Celtics, but. Perhaps a compelling narrative is like, is this the birth of a dynastic situation with how good, smart Brown and Tatum all are? Perhaps, you know, and I, 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 I hate to think that. I mean, I just, the Celtics have honestly tortured me. Jer- like, especially during my, like, you know, Genesis as a Raptors fan, like the, the Pierce knee to Bosch. Like, there's just so many moments, uh, you know, Garnett clapping at, uh, 
Jose Calderon. Like I just, I truly hate that team oh, and that man. franchise and that city, <laughs> but I, I think there's a compelling element. I'm just going back into the slander thing, but um, yeah, no, I, I, you guys have the answers I like the most. So uh, Paul Pierce it, pooping. Remember what's that? Paul Pierce faking a, a injury to poop. Of, my brother just walked me through that. He's like, he, he went through the all like, there's like pictures. I'm like, oh my God, okay, fair enough. And he's like, and Paul Pierce denies pooping. And I'm like, fair enough, dude. Uh, shout out my, my little brother Thomas. He really, he knows the intricacies of that that pooping story. Um, which, uh, yeah, you know, I guess, yeah, check it out, you know, if you want, folks. But um, yeah, uh, great pod, guys. Thank you both so much. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll cap it here, but. Uh, uh, Ryan, let me go to you. Um, you know, uh, obviously everyone, please check out below the hardwood, but, uh, yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, just, uh, below the hardwood. Uh, right now we're kind of just on a end of round, uh, schedule. So we're actually recording one later tonight, uh, just to give our final predictions. Cause everyone changes their predictions every single round, <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I guess I'll end it off with Mavs and six. And unfortunately I'm going to have to end it off with Celtics in six. So, how dare you? There you go. Um, <laughs> Sean, what's up? Uh, Locked on Raptors, of course. Uh, anything else you yeah. want to plug? Yeah, Locked on Raptors, you can check that out. I want to plug reading the Paul Pierce pooping story. Because uh, anytime <laughs> we can expose him stealing valor from those with IBS, I think it's an important thing we can do. Um, and yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I do some blogs at RaptorsHQ.com once in a while as well, but mostly Locked on Raptors every day on your podcast apps and on YouTube. Hell yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's about it for the pod. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens and supports. Uh, Matty D, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to the Confederacy of Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast. 